Hello, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm glad that you have joined me once again today for this week's message. Uh, we're in this series called The Rising Sun, looking at the life of Christ in the Gospel of Mark. And today's message is on the healing. Uh, we're looking at a story where some friends brought a man in need of healing to Jesus, and uh, he didn't respond the way people thought he would. Uh, he looked at the presenting issue, but then he got to the deeper issue, and he got to the even deeper issue. Sometimes what looks like surface problems to us are not the actual problems, and sometimes we need to dig deeper to see what the real problems are underneath the surface problems, and that's what Jesus is getting at today. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect with us on this message called The Healing. When I lived in San Diego, one of my pastor friends named Neil had a story he used to like to tell. He would say, imagine that you walk into your kitchen and you notice that there is water on the floor in front of your sink. What do you do? You would probably wipe it up with a paper towel. Problem solved. But what if later in the day you walk back into your kitchen and there is another puddle of water on your floor, only this time it's bigger? What would you do? You would mop it up with a mop. The next day you walk into your kitchen again and there's another puddle of water and this time it's even bigger. What do you do? Now you finally open up the cabinet and look under the sink. There you discover there's a hole in the pipe coming down from the sink. You have a pipe that needs to be replaced. The first two times you were dealing with the problem of water on the floor. You fixed it. You took care of it. But you didn't look any further. It wasn't until the third time that you looked under the sink to discover the real problem, the hole in the pipe. Now you realize that unless you fix the hole in the pipe, you are never going to fix the problem of the water on the floor. Neil used to say, that's what we do in the church. That's what we do in life. We see a problem and we look for the quick fix, but we don't take the time to discover what the real problem is. Today, as we continue this sermon series on the rising sun from the Gospel of Mark, we see that this is what Jesus is doing. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 says this. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. 
Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. There are three parts to this story. There's the presenting issue, the deeper issue, and the even deeper issue. First of all is the presenting issue. The presenting issue is that you have a man who is paralyzed. He can't walk. He is dependent on other people to carry him around on a mat because he can't get around by himself. He is immobile. <clears throat> there were no wheelchairs in those days. There were no scooters or golf carts. His legs didn't work. He just wanted to be physically healed. He is fortunate enough to have friends who care about him enough to take him to Jesus. But when they get to where Jesus is, the crowd is so big they can't get to him. So they climb up on the roof, cut a hole in it, and lower him down right in front of Jesus. It seems like a pretty extreme action. But they were living in a country that did not have good health care options. They didn't live in a time where there were medicines and vaccines and prescriptions and physical therapy like we have today. If you got sick, there was a very good chance you would never recover. So if something new arose that gave you a little bit of hope for healing, people would show up in droves. We've seen pictures on the news in recent weeks of people around our country in these really long lines trying to get their COVID vaccines. People have sat in lines for hours with this hope of a cure of a potentially deadly disease. That was, was what it was like in this instance with Jesus. We're only in Mark chapter 2, but Jesus has already done some healings and word has traveled fast. So a huge crowd of people has shown up with everyone hoping to get healed. I have never been paralyzed, but I can imagine that if I was, I would be pretty miserable. If I couldn't get around on my own, I would probably be depressed. And there is probably nothing I would want more than to be healed. But that's really only the presenting issue in this case. Jesus knows there's something else going on here. 
A lady named Cynthia Heimel once wrote an article for a newspaper called The Village Voice. She had known a number of people who were struggling actors and actresses working in restaurants and punching tickets at theaters to pay their bills. And then they became famous. When they were struggling, like many of us, they said, if I could only make it in the business, if I only had this or that, I'd be happy. They were like a lot of other people, stressed, driven, easily upset. But when they finally achieved the fame they had been longing for, Heimel said they became insufferable, unstable, angry, and manic. Not just arrogant, worse than that. They became unhappier than they used to be. In her article, she wrote, I pity celebrities. Once they were perfectly pleasant human beings, but now their wrath is awful. More than any of us, they wanted fame. They worked, they pushed, but the morning after each of them became famous, they wanted to take an overdose because that giant thing they were striving for, that fame thing that was gonna make everything okay, that was gonna make their lives bearable, that was going to provide them with personal fulfillment and happiness had happened. But nothing had changed. They were still them. Their disillusionment turned them howling and insufferable. She felt sorry for them. They had finally achieved that thing they thought would make everything okay, but it didn't. Then she wrote this. I think when God wants to play a really rotten practical joke on you, he grants your deepest wish. So you know what Jesus was saying to the paralyzed man in this story? He was saying, I'm not going to play that rotten joke on you. I'm not going to just heal your body and let you think you've gotten your deepest wish. Jesus knew his physical problems were just the presenting issue, the surface issue. What was really needed was to go deeper. So the second issue in this story is the deeper issue. Instead of healing this man physically, Jesus heals the man spiritually. He says, your sins are forgiven. The biggest problem in our lives is never our suffering. It's our sin. When the Bible talks about sin, it's not just referring to the bad things that all of us do. It's talking about how we ignore God. It's talking about how we rebel against God by living without reference to him. We want to live how we want to live. And Jesus says that's our main problem. Jesus is confronting this paralyzed man with his main problem by driving him deeper. Jesus is saying by coming to me and asking for only your body to be healed isn't going deep enough. You've underestimated the depths of your longings. 
In his heart, this man might have been saying, if only I could walk again, then I would be happy and set for life. I would never be unhappy again. I would never complain. If only I could walk, everything would be okay. But our physical problems are not our biggest problems. It goes deeper than that. The Bible says that our biggest problem is that we build on our identities on something other than Jesus. Some people build their identity on their career or their money or their sexuality. We say, if I get that, I'll be happy. The problem is that we're looking to the wrong things to save us from our disillusionment. If you never get it, you become angry, unhappy, and empty. But if you do get it, you feel even more empty and more unhappy because you've put your hope in something that will not satisfy you. Jesus is saying, you need to go deeper. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, there's a boy named Eustace. Everybody hates him, and he hates everybody. He's selfish, he's mean, and no one can get along with him. But he finds himself on this boat, the Dawn Treader, taking a great voyage. At one point, the boat pulls into an island, and Eustace wanders off and finds a cave. The cave proves to be filled with diamonds and rubies and gold. He thinks, I'm rich. And immediately, because of who he is, he thinks that now he'll be able to pay everyone back who ever laughed at him, stepped on him, or slighted him. Eustace then falls asleep on this pile of treasure, which he doesn't know yet is the hoard of a dragon. And because he falls asleep with these dragonish thoughts in his heart, when he wakes up, he has become a dragon, big, terrible, and ugly. Soon he realizes there's no way out. He can't go get back on the boat. He's going to be left behind on the island alone. He's going to be horrible for the rest of his life, and he falls into despair. One day, the great lion Aslan shows up. He leads him to a clear pool of water and tells him to undress and jump in. Eustace realizes that to undress means to take off his dragon skin. So he gnaws and he claws at his skin and peels it off, only to realize it is another layer of dragon skin. He tries a second time and a third time to no avail. Each time he pulls off a layer of dragon skin, there's another layer of dragon skin underneath that. Finally, Aslan says, you're going to have to let me go deeper. Eustace was afraid of Aslan's claws, but he was desperate. The first tear was so deep, he thought it went right through his heart. And when Aslan started to pull off his dragon skin, it hurt worse than anything he had ever felt before. But he did it, and then he threw Eustace into the water. It smarted for a moment, 
But then he realized he had turned back into a boy again. Like the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2, and like Eustace, we think that if we get just a little bit of help, we'll be okay. But Jesus wants to go deeper. We have to let him use his claws and go all the way down into our hearts and reconfigure the main things that our hearts want. It wasn't wrong for the paralyzed man to want to walk. What was wrong was thinking that was his deepest problem. That was only the surface problem. And Jesus always wants to go deeper. The third part of the story then is the even deeper issue. When Jesus does the unexpected and tells the paralyzed man that his sins are forgiven, it triggers his first clash with the religious leaders of his day. They think Jesus is committing blasphemy because only God can forgive sins. Jesus can read the motives of their hearts. He understands what's really going on here. Now imagine for a moment that Tom, Dick, and Harry are standing around talking when Tom punches Dick in the face. Harry looks at Tom and says, I forgive you for punching Dick in the face. <laughs> Dick looks at Harry and says, hey, wait a minute. You can't forgive him. He didn't punch you in the face. He punched me in the face. I'm the only one who can forgive him. So when Jesus tells the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, he's actually saying, your sins have been against me. By claiming to forgive his sins, Jesus is saying that he is God, that he is this man's creator. Jesus is saying, I'm not just your healer, I'm your savior. You don't need me for just your physical healing. You need me for your spiritual healing. And until you let me forgive your sins and heal you spiritually, your physical healing won't satisfy you, and you'll continue to be empty and angry and unhappy. At that moment, Jesus not only had the power to fix the man's physical problems, he had the power to give him career success, fame, recognition, status, money, anything. Jesus has the power and the authority to give each one of us what we've been asking for on the spot, no questions asked. But Jesus knows that's not going deep enough. He knows that whether you are paralyzed or whether you're a struggling actor who's become a celebrity, you don't need someone who can just grant you your wish. You need someone who can go deeper than that. You need someone who will open up the cabinet door under your sink and realize there's a hole in your pipe that you haven't noticed. You need someone who can take their claws and carefully and lovingly rip that dragon skin off of your body. <clears throat> In short, we all need to be forgiven. That's the only way our discontent can be healed. It will take more than a miracle worker. 
It will take more than a genie in a bottle. It will take a savior. Jesus is the only one who can do that. So the question for us is this. Are you simply coming to Jesus to fix your surface problems? Do you just want him to wipe up the water on the floor in front of your kitchen sink? That's really not what Jesus wants to do. Jesus is like the plumber who says, your real problem is the hole in the pipe. If you want me to fix that, it's going to cost you a little more time and money and effort than you thought. Is that what you want? Sure, Jesus can fix your surface problems, but what he really wants to do is transform the real underlying problems that you may not even see yet. Are you willing to let him look under your sink? Jesus will always go to the root of the problem. Are you willing to go there with him? We keep coming to Jesus and asking, please heal me physically. And Jesus can, and sometimes Jesus will, but Jesus always wants to go deeper. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.